and welcome to the Talking Outsourcing podcast. My name is Mark Kobayashi Hillary. Uh, I'm recording this in the speaker lounge at the Hyatt Hotel during the NASCOM 2010 conference. Um, and it's right at the end, we're at, towards the end of day three of the conference. And um, I just sat down and spoke with Isaac George, who's the offshore director of Steria, and asked him what he thought about the most interesting parts of the conference work. Day, it's day three, um, so we've, you've been to quite a few of the sessions. Yes. I know we've, we've been talking about some of them a little earlier. So what 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 do you feel is the the general view, uh, I guess, and then perhaps some of the specific sessions where, where you felt resonated and were particularly interesting? Okay. One, the mood has changed uh, dramatically. Uh, gone from pessimism where people were pulling back, the Indian industry saw layoffs for the first time uh, in, a, in a long, long time. So, But they've kind of matured into showing the world that they can actually also control their costs and can still be profitable at a lower rate of growth. Mm. And they've also learned the hard lesson of lower margins over the course of the past couple of years. Mm. So for me, a huge sense of optimism in the air. And a sense of, I think, as you said, realism and pragmatism mm. into the uh, into the whole industry. So, so yeah. Do you think that, that that really, to be honest, the last the, the last decade before the downturn, mm-hmm. uh, IT services in India was was growing at such a manic rate. I mean, it was almost like hyper growth. And, and are we are we now looking more at sort of a realism check? We're seeing a more mature industry. Let's let's put it in perspective. I mean. Uh, the IT industry was growing at what about high double digits, 20-25% year-on-year. What they've done is not been at 20-25%, but they've been in the low double digits. The industry still continues to grow. The point is that they're still continuing to grow. Mm. What has happened is a shift in behavior of buyers who really put the pressure on, on, on the sales saying, guys, you need to now make sure that you can help our consumers because our consumers are pushing back on price. Mm. You guys being the technology enablers, you need to make sure that... But this is a small segment. When you look at it overall, the largest of the largest companies that have primarily used it. Mm. It's, it's not the entire spectrum of companies across the whole of the West. Mm. So, pressure in the local markets, because of all pressure that comes from consumers, to all companies, has also caused the larger companies to push push that impact in India. Yeah. So the big technological innovations that were happening and the big technology drivers that were happening because of what was being given by the Indian industry to these large organizations has now come back to plague them over the course of 2008-2009 saying, down. Yeah. You, you've got, so the, like I said earlier, the Indian companies have had to learn to work with low margins. Mm-hmm. They've not stopped growing. Yeah. So their intake of 1,000, 2,000 graduates a month has probably come down to 400 graduates. Mm. But the market in India has felt it mm. from, that, from that point. Yeah. And, and it doesn't take away the purchasing power or any of those things at all. But it has still made, made them be more realistic about the fact that you cannot assume to buy a highly expensive apartment and get you know, 100% loans and, and, and then you, you 
suddenly have got this uncertainty of a job. Mm. So that sense of realism is crept in. I think it will make the industry more productive. Uh, I think it will make people more efficient. Uh, and I think it will make people be more... Uh, I lost the word for it, but uh, yeah. More efficient. Mm. Okay. So, so I mean, uh, clearly those are the, the sort of... Um, the, the, the general views and the picture that's coming out from the conference. Mm -hmm. But what, what what are the the sessions that, that that you found particularly interesting here? I mean, um, uh, the first session I attended was a masterclass by uh, Professor David Breffin from Howard Business School, and uh, he was he made a very interesting uh, statement. He said the rate at which individuals learn may become the only sustainable competitive advantage, and uh, it was. His session was all about how do you create, acquire, interpret, transfer, retain knowledge, and then how do you build the ability to, you know, modify behavior to reflect new knowledge. Mm. And he was talking about a learning organization. Therefore, what are the characteristics of a learning organization? Very, very relevant, uh, especially given the past two years, mm. where we've all had to unlearn a number of things that we have taken for granted and, and rework at the models in which we have worked. For me, it was a case of uh, when I was attending that session, and because there were a lot of unanswered questions, because it's a struggle that most companies have. Most companies tend to put knowledge management systems in place. Most companies tend to put your wikis and your uh, blogs in place, in informal forums and chats and stuff. But how you are you actually capturing that experience? What happens when a person leaves the organization? Mm. And and I was thinking about uh, you know, is there learning because at least all of us will be able to identify with it. Yeah. Is in the form of a family. Mm. So if you looked at a family and uh, two strangers coming together, and then those strangers making a product in the form of a child, and the child learning from them. But actually, what's happening is it's a it's a complete learning system ecology. Uh, where you have the, the father learning from the mother, the mother learning from the father, father from the child, child from the mother. I mean, and and it's across, and and that that learning evolution grows as the child grows, as the parents grow in, in different circumstances, different environments. So is that something that we can look at? Because we've never probably looked carefully at our families and and said, how do, how do people learn from each other? Yeah. And it'll be very interesting to see how whether that you know that is a culture that we. As organizations, we could try and imbibe. Why does it work? Is it because of trust? Is it because of leadership? Is it because you know everybody is at the same level at some point, especially when the child grows older? Mm. Uh, are there times when you have to be autocratic? Are there times when you have to be meritocratic, mm. or you know, just just be you know give everybody the equal set? So there are different ways of looking at it. So that's one of the sessions that I I thoroughly enjoyed. Mm. The other session I enjoyed a lot was uh, with uh, Professor Deepak Jain, the dean of the Kellogg School of Management, and uh, he was saying that the only differentiator that you can actually, you know, have going forward is differentiator of value mm. and being able to humanize your your people process technology. Mm. Can you actually make that happen? And that can be your really differentiator. And he's a good speaker, so he gave a lot of very interesting uh, um, analogies, in, including one about uh, uh, arranged marriages in India, where he said it's actually you know, when he talks to CEOs about arranged marriages, he refers to it as mergers and acquisitions, hmm. uh, where you know two parties come together, and the due diligence is done by the families, and you talk numbers, and it's not about the dowry but more about the value systems. 
because it's two families that get married, and, yeah. and and he just made it very very humorous uh, all through his all through his uh, sessions. Um, there was uh, a number of interesting things. One that I really liked. I mean, there was uh, two people who spoke. Uh, one was uh, Filippo Passerino, uh, who was the Procter and Gamble uh, CIO. Uh, for their global business uh, services, and the other person was uh, Dana Dini, DC, uh, who is the global CIO for BP. But I liked Filippo's uh, measures, and I actually went and spoke to him just to understand a little more. So he's promised to have another session with me. I said, I don't want to become a supplier or anything. I just want to understand how you do this. And one of the measures he put in place, and they actually measured this as an organization, which actually intrigues me quite a bit, is that they said they actually managed to measure time to market. Mm from an IT supplier perspective. Mm-hmm. And I find that extremely interesting because if that if what he's saying is in place, what he's essentially saying is the way that Procter & Gamble functions as a as a brand organization that is an independent company for all practical purposes, goes from research right up to the consumer and they're able to measure that end-to-end process with IT somewhere in between, enabling the entire thing. Yeah. And that just intrigues me quite a bit. So I, I want to have a longer conversation with him if I get the get the chance. Um, Linda Grattan was asking a very important question. She's saying, what's the future of work going to be like, uh, given that you're going to have connectivity, uh, 5 billion going to, people are going to be connected, what is the impact of that? Um, people starting to live alone, what is the impact of that? Uh, having a, not having, being fully in what you call a trust society. So uh, there is fear. Uh, at the same time, people also want to work with each other. So what is the impact of all this? And uh, uh, she was asking a very interesting question. She's saying, how do you capture experience? And uh, and how do you uh, make cooperation happen? Because when you have disparate teams and you're connected, how do you make these things happen? So that is primarily uh, one of the key things yeah. that she was talking about. And uh, those were the some of the key sessions that, mm. that come to mind. Thanks for downloading this Talking Outsourcing podcast. For more information about me and my writing, go to markhillary.com. And for my Talking Outsourcing blog in computing, go to computing.co.uk. Thanks for listening.